Hi, and welcome to the Oklahoma Trail. This is Ryan. I'm joined here today by Alex and Nathan. And we're going to talk through the Texas and some other stuff. So uh, let's just let's just hop right into it. How are we doing today, folks? Um, doing well, I'll, thanks. Well, I'm doing well. Um, uh, it's coming just, out of the gates hot. Just in general. <laughs> yeah, it's going good. Um, it's Halloween. How's, yeah, how's it's, everyone it's feeling? On Oklahoma this, Drill uh, Spooky Edition. Yeah, this is so the spookiest spook. podcast we'll record all year. <laughs> um, I'm doing great. I'm actually looking at Alabama's recruiting class right now. Did you oh, know? so you're probably not doing so hot. Well, I mean, they're not that much higher than us. They're <laughs> only number one. Um, they have no five stars currently committed. That's kind of neat. That's yeah, I, I saw that the we other day. I, I was just, you know, I was looking through. I don't remember who I was looking at specifically. I, I might have been looking at um, some of their defensive backs. and But anyway, I, I noticed that as well. And I was kind of surprised because... In the last few years, they've been averaging like five a year. So it's, mm. it's a little Yeah, bizarre. they do have uh, Talia Tagaviola. Yeah, to uh, yeah, his little brother. Yeah, so that's going to be real annoying if that becomes yeah. a thing that we have to deal with. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll talk more as to why I am on their recruiting page later because mm-hmm. I have a reason for it. I'm not just... <laughs> I mean, I'm interested, but I'm not like mm-hmm. here for no reason. So, um, but yeah, we were going to talk about the uh, the Texas Tech football game that is coming up this weekend in mm-hmm. Lubbock, and this has been a game that pretty much ever since I figured or found out that, or we found out that Texas Tech wasn't going to be a train wreck. Like, I think. Ryan and I both were kind of in the, yeah, this is the year Cliff gets fired boat before the year started. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're actually not, they kind of surprised everybody really, um, especially after their first week losing to Ole Miss, but they've turned it around a, a good bit. And um, pretty much ever since that point, I've been pretty nervous about it, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, it's a, I mean, we're staring down a night game in Lubbock. Those are never fun. Um, yeah, though sometimes they lead to like 120 combined points, but right, it's true. I tried to and block I mean, that game out. It's <laughs> that's just a bad memory to me. <laughs> that game like has been. I, I think this so has been one times. of Cliff's best coaching jobs. Honestly, he's. Oh, I mean, yeah. they lost. You know, I mean, their quarterback last year wasn't that great, but. I mean, as a senior, and basically this year they lose their starter like the first against Ole Miss in the very first game. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically since then it's they've been having to tape together quarterbacks with duct tape, you know, to mm-hmm. actually trot someone out there. They had Bowman, or and they had Jet Duffy, and Bowman gets hurt, and they have Jeff Duffy go and you know, you know, be able to beat TCU. Not super, you know, convincingly, but I mean, they were able to beat TCU on the road, and then. Bowman comes back from a collapsed lung, which first off, just the idea of like coming back from a collapsed lung after two weeks, that's just hard for me to fathom. Yeah. But, you know, in Bowman's a true freshman and, you know, they've had all this kind of wacky storylines, but um, in the end, it's still kind of the same 
same story, just a different year, you know, or mm-hmm. pretty confident uh, offense with a bunch of really good receivers and a running game that's there, but not especially uh, potent. I think their mm-hmm. second leading uh, rusher is Jet Duffy, so if that tells you anything. But um, I think it's it'll be a good, a really interesting game. Yeah. Um. So, where do we want to start with this? What aspect of this game do we want to focus on first? Um. So we were talking statistically, tech doesn't really match up. Um. But the re- I mean, there are still reasons to be concerned about this game because tech has some weapons offensively that have given OU the most trouble this year. Uh, mostly in the fact that they have a competent quarterback who can throw the football in Alan, Alan Bowman. And mm-hmm. they have two giant receivers that are super talented. Yeah. Um, and that, to me, is a concern because, you know, we, from what we saw at the beginning of the year under Mike Stoops, we did not have any success um, defending those types of receivers and like while we've been a lot better the last two weeks like we haven't defended anything close to what they're going to present to us mm-hmm. I agree um, and it's going to be something I find really interesting because to me like the telling stat in this matchup is um, Texas Tech and explosive plays right their, um, their offense is 102nd and I saw and their defense is 114th. Um, so they're really bad at creating explosive plays, and they're really bad at defending. They're even worse at defending them. Um, and, like, so to me, that spells out, you know, oh, you's probably going to win this. But at the same time, like, big receivers, OU has been really good about containing explosive plays. It's been pretty much the only thing the defense has succeeded at all year. Um, but the exception has been against huge receivers who in one-on-ones. Like that's that is the one thing where it's like, if we're gonna give up a big play, it's because somebody is gonna shrug a defensive back off of them. Yeah, well, and just the the idea that you know down the field, I don't have a lot of confidence in our corners. You know, if you throw a deep ball, I don't have confidence in our corners to either not pass interfere with the with the receiver or give up a catch right um like we just i just there's not much of a sample size of our guys making plays on the ball down the field um on big receivers and that i mean that's a huge concern to me because um that's going to be the only way tech can really defeat us i feel like you know what i mean like they they aren't an explosive offense so far this year but that's the only way they can do it like and that's what they're probably going to try to do and i think that they absolutely should i mean i i would be shocked if if we see if we don't see antoine wesley or tj basher have if potentially multiple uh you know going over the top of a corner and you know 40 yard sort of catches i, I did, or even longer i just mm-hmm. i think that's something that's Kingsbury is going to focus on, and rightly so, because we haven't shown any propensity of uh, these defensive backs haven't shown any ability to be able to uh, limit that. So um, now there is a slight difference. Trey Brown will be starting, and 
we haven't seen Trey Brown as much. Again, it'll be Trey Brown instead of Parnell Motley in those situations, so maybe he's able to hold up a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert Barnes will be at safety, um, which was, which I think will actually be pretty interesting because he's a bigger safety, and now he's going to be forced to play in space. So how well does he do in that? Um, so there will be a few you know personnel changes. Um, Buki is... We'll see if he's healthy or not, but um, he might be playing closer to the line, so he might be going up against, uh, I think it's Jadeon High, Jadeon High, I'm not sure how to say the receiver, the smaller receiver that they line up in the slot. So yeah, I think there are some personnel differences that might uh, help improve things, but I mean, right now, I my confidence is limited, but you know, that's the good thing about it is it, <laughs> it can only be proven either right or, you know, have something good happen so uh it'll be interesting to see how it works out yeah um i don't know it's to me it's 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 just interesting how poorly texas tech has played in terms of points per play and you know as an explosive team they're they're just they haven't had it this year um which is weird for them but sort of speaks to the degree to which like i don't know cliff is sort of I mean, this is kind of an impressive coaching job that Cliff is taking this team, which isn't necessarily playing in the style of football you might expect from his teams and is still, like, finding a really decent amount of success. Yeah, I would say one of the things that gives me a lot of confidence is, um, or gives me more confidence, um, is the fact that if you go game by game with Tech, I would like. I think really the only outstanding um, offensive performance that they've had this year, where it was just like they were seeming they had it clicking on all levels, is that Houston game, mm-hmm. um, where they they put up sixty three on them. Because a lot of their other great performances have been, it's really been more their defense making the yeah. plays, and like I just like their defense is better than it's been, but like. I still don't think they're going to be able to do anything against this offense. You know, like yeah, I talked about. Think about their. They are. The thing about their defense is they are better. Uh, they're more talented, but it's more that they they're all seniors or they all are really, really experienced. It's not so much that they're really. I mean, they have better talent. Like Dakota Dakota Allen's going to play in the NFL. They have a few guys. They got John Bonnie from Texas. They have a few guys that are going to play, but it's more they just. They've kind of developed um, some confidence just in knowing where each other is and kind of playing together as a unit. And they Mm -hmm. try and force a lot of turnovers, um, which I think if Tech's going to beat us, it's going to be they're going to have to force turnovers Mm -hmm. and cut, you know, limit our drives. And then they're also going to have to uh, have big plays. That's really the best recipe for them to win and just have some of the, you know, kind of wackiness in Lubbock at night uh, kind of take effect. But. Yeah. Um, as far as just if if they're just going to go out there and try and they can't force turnovers, I I don't think they have the talent to actually slow it OU down. I just I don't think there are very many teams in the country that can do that, and I especially don't think Tech's one of them. So um, I think what they have to do is they have to start gambling, and whenever you start gambling against this offense, you know that could work right in the opposite way of how you want it to do. We were just talking about how they're one of the worst teams in the country against explosive plays. Well, you're going against maybe the best offense in the country in explosive plays or one of them. So yeah, um, that could really bite them if they, uh, if they try and gamble 
too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I agree. Um, I think a name. Honestly, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just, just going to say, like, what you described um, in the way that they kind of are going to have to play defense and the way they kind of like to play defense kind of reminds me of Baylor um, in just, like, a very aggressive mm-hmm. style that's just yeah. – they might give up play, big plays, but they're going to try and make some. And, like, we saw how effective OU was against them. You know what I mean? And, like, yeah, right. I think they have they have better talent than Baylor does right now defensively. Um, and, you know, on some levels. But I, I, I think this is kind of Lincoln's bread and butter. Like, he's just – he's really, really good at attacking mm-hmm. this kind of defense. Yeah. And uh, there are also – I don't know quite what what number they're ranked. I think it's in the hundreds for or near it for rush defense. And this offense is starting to round into form uh, with its O line beginning to gel. Kennedy, Kennedy Brooks coming on. Um, so if they are, I think that's one of the weaknesses of their defense. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but um, I think I really expect at least to begin with that they're going to lean on the run and have the run open up the pass. And um, especially on the road, that's something that you always hear about teams wanting to do is have, having that running game translate and uh, just lean on that offensive line and try and uh, dominate time of possession maybe as much as OU does, which is probably they won't dominate time of possession, come to think of it. But um, I would think that uh, the running backs will get a lot of play here. Um and be kind of a focal point early in the game. And now that I'm looking at rushing defense, they're actually better than I expected. But I still, I still think that's going to be how they, how they, how OU chooses to attack it, no matter what. Yeah, they're largely, yeah, they're more mediocre than anything else in terms of actually really across the board in defense. Really, the only thing they've had incredible success at is um, holding teams to third and long. And um, forcing turnovers inside the ten, and that's it basically. Yeah, um, they are. They do have a good third down defense, I believe. Yeah, which but, is something I'm envious of. <laughs> I I agree, but like this offense is totally used to operating in third and long. Um, and I think actually, like, there's a really it's a funny statistic to look at, but um, they're um, I mean, the offense third downs. OU's third down success rate is 53.7%, which is fourth in the country. Um, And they are, um, half of our third downs are third and longs now, which is 67th in the country. And that number has actually massively increased recently. Um, uh, It used to be way worse than that. Um, And uh, we've been fine. Yeah, our average third down distance is 7.7 yards, um, which is 87th in the country. Like, so we're like the offense is used to working out of a long, you know, with a long yard to gain on third down and it's been fine. So I think one of the things that is kind of hilarious about this offense is that like, um, I think one of the reasons why that stat is as like, what'd you say? We were 67 in that yeah, regard. Yeah. And I think the reason why that is, isn't just like, oh, well, that's been a problem for us. It's like, but when we're our offense is clicking, we just don't get to third down. That's exactly you know? it. Yeah. Like that's um, that, so that sample size is smaller than most people's sample size because like you look up against K State, we're in the second half of our starters and we face like four or five third downs. 
you know, mm-hmm. right. it just, it just, we don't get to it whenever we're just going, you know? So like yeah. when we do get to a third down, it's like, usually it was because we had a play that got behind schedule on first down or there was a penalty. Like it's usually something yeah. along those lines, yeah. because if we stay on schedule, we're not going to get to third down. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what do you guys think are the main factors for being able to limit tech? Do you think it's more, I mean, I think forcing turnovers is always the positive or what, what people want to happen, but I'm not, I mean, we haven't shown any ability to do that. Is it more pressuring Bowman? Is it more um, just tackling an open, open field? What's the, what would you say is the primary, you know, if they do X really well, they'll, they'll win, they'll win this game. Or they'll um, hold Texas Tech, you know, to a reasonable yardage and point total. So, um, I think fundamentally, like, Tech is not going to be able to run the ball. Um, just because they haven't been able to. Like, that's um, that's one of the things their offense really hasn't been able to do is run the ball particularly effectively. Like, and they certainly can't create big plays on the ground. So, putting Tech in position... Um, to me, it's about the offense putting pressure on Tech to attempt big plays or to have to go for home runs, right? And then, like, mm-hmm. with that in mind, defending those plays well, making tackles in the open field, that sort of thing. Um, just, like, see if we can tilt their, um, you know, tilt their offensive footprint towards, like, having to be throwing down the field all the time. Yeah. And then, which they're probably going to have to do and like you know being ready for that and like being like having a game plan to successfully you know take that away you know have safety help over the top because i think we can afford to do that in this game one thing about tech's offense um that we really haven't seen much this year is that they are this is one of the few quarterbacks OU has played that really can't run. <laughs> um, I don't know if you all watched any of the game against Iowa State, but he is a statue. Uh, he is slow. Um, I mean, watch now. He'll probably have a 20-yard run or something against OU. But mm-hmm. he I, he just doesn't look overly mobile in the pocket. Maybe he'll eventually be there. But I think if they can um, make him uncomfortable in the pocket or can get some pressure on him mm-hmm. – um, He's not going to be able to, you know, duck, you know, like we saw Skylar Thompson do a couple times last week, you know, and pick up mm-hmm. a long third down or, you know, he's he's certainly not going to be doing anything like Sam Ellinger or, you know, any yeah. of the other Dorian Thompson Robinson, any of those yeah. guys. So um, he, has, rushing, he has a lot of arm talent, yeah. but he's his, he's yeah. uh, he's a statue. Yeah. Whatever rushing stats he has, like it's not even enough to show up on the sheet um, for the um, S&P plus statistical profiles. Like, so, yeah, effectively hasn't run. He's been pretty good about not getting sacked, though. He's He's got a sack rate of 2.6%. They get the ball out quick. Um, which, so. this, more that was what I was thinking, yeah. It's more about can they can they hurry him, I think. Can they make yeah. him, you know, get off timing or force bad throws, which he'll, he'll throw the ball, or he'll turn the ball over. He has, I don't know, seven interceptions or something near that. Um, he had three last week against Iowa State, so... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was just I was looking through that today, and just he's thrown picks in his last four games that he's played, um, and two of those he's thrown multiple picks. So um, he's definitely. 
either we're the cure for him or he's the cure for us. One of the two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. One like, of these things has to be. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely, I mean, he's the kind of guy, I mean, granted, that was Sean Robinson, too, and we dropped two interceptions, you know, in that game. But, yeah, um, yeah he's definitely, yeah. that. there's the potential <laughs> there to get, maybe yeah. this defense can figure something out and get a couple picks, or just a pick. I would take a pick. I would settle for and yeah. pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they drop more, if they drop more interceptions, I'm just gonna be. I'm just. I don't even know what <laughs> what to do. I'll just be very upset. Yeah, because uh, you be can't do that. Yeah, you can't do that in these types of games. Not whenever you're trying to uh, win the conference. So right. anyway, um, yeah. I would, my my biggest key to this defense is it's just gonna. It's it comes down to red zone defense defense to me uh, mm-hmm. because I I don't think. Like you said, I mean, Tech's not a particularly explosive offense, which means that they, they've gone on some pretty decent, you know, scoring drives and been okay in that regard. Yeah. Um, like they're what, 18th or 16th in success rate and 18th in marginal efficiency. Like that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what um, they're probably, they might be looking. I mean, like I said, they're going to be trying to make big plays, but, you know, their bread and butter is driving the field. You know, mm-hmm. um, so are we going to be able to get down there in the red zone and hold them to field goals? Like, that's all we have to do. Like, it's not yeah. that hard of a job. Like, mm-hmm. hold them to, like, three field goals in the red zone, and we're going to win the game. You know, like, that's mm-hmm. that's it. Hold them to three yeah. field goals and, like, get an interception, and that's enough. Like, that's all you got to do. Um, like, and, I mean, they could put up 550 yards on us in – I don't care if that's what we're able to do, you know, like, cause that'll be enough. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, it's not like, the, we're not asking much from the defense this week. Uh, but my, my thing with this, and the reason why I'm, I'm nervous about this game is just, I have literally zero idea of what to expect from this defense. I feel yeah. similarly to the way I did before TCU I was a little more confident that we would look okay defensively against TCU because their offense is terrible. Uh-huh. Um, but like this being the first true test of this defense, like since Mike Stoops has been fired, like I am, I have no idea what to expect from from them. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. So I don't know. What's a respectable yeah. point total? Or yeah, let's just say point total, not even yards. Um, if we hold them to thirty. Points. 30. I'll think that this defense is like okay. I'll I'll start believing it. You know, I'll believe Wait, what, it. What what number did you say? Thirty. What? I said thirty. Thirty. Okay. Yeah. To be. Yeah. yeah. I think that'd be That's a great performance. Point. I think that'd be a great form. I think we win the game by twenty something if we hold yeah. the thirty. I agree. Uh, I'd be ecstatic. Ecstatic yeah. with thirty, <laughs> and maybe I'm just. That's the natural pessimism coming off. I, I don't. I think the defense is imp- slightly in- is improved. They're tackling better, but I think a lot of that is shaded by just the sheer um, the sheer lack of talent. The last two, or I don't know if even talent's the issue with TCU, but the sheer lack of quarterback play. The last mm-hmm. two offenses we played. I think yeah. it was great holding you know Alex Barnes under thirty yards. That's incredible. I, I wouldn't have expected that, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm I'm hesitant to buy in, but if Ruffin can actually get the defense to hold a a pretty, I mean, maybe not, you know, it's not West Virginia, but still a pretty competent 
offensive football team in Lubbock at night to 30 points. I, I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. And like 30 is my, 30 is my mark for like, this is when I'll like, okay, the defense is turned around and we're good. Like yeah. that, like, but realistically, like tech could score 50 and lose this game by two scores. Like, yeah. <laughs> because yeah, I really like, um, <laughs> well, here's, here's another really stat I found to like, here is how screwed tech is when we have the ball sack right 112th in the nation in general sack sack rate 4.5 percent of the time they can't get pressure to the quarterback and like <laughs> they already probably weren't going to be able to but they super aren't against yeah. our offensive line and like yeah. that number actually gets worse on passing downs like they're worse at blitzing um on passing downs right which like I don't know if that's going to lead them to think, well, we need to send more guys, which I can tell you that is a bad idea. Yeah. Like, don't, like, don't do that. Like, um, or they could just like lean into it and be like, we know we're not going to get there anyway, so we're just going to drop guys mm-hmm. um, and make make them drive the field on us and see if we can hold them out of big plays. And in that regard, I just think like our offensive line is just going to take over and we're going to run the ball down their throats. Yeah, you know? like I, I don't. Just, like, I don't see them winning this this battle at all. Yeah. I I can't imagine like, okay, yeah, we'll give Kyler Murray some space is going <laughs> to, that's well, not going to work. They're going to drop back and play base dime and it's going to, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I watch a fair amount of Big 12 football. I can't even think, I'm sure there's somebody, if you were to say a name, that I was like, oh yeah, that guy. But I can't even think of a, one of their starting defensive line defensive lineman off the top of my head. I can think of several in their secondary and obviously Dakota Allen, but yeah. Yeah. There's yeah, no I, one that I, even jumps out to me. It's like, Ooh, he could be a potential, you know, if things break a certain way, could make some plays against our line. I, I don't, I just think that's a decided mismatch, the offensive line versus uh, their defensive line. So that'll be yeah. something that I, again, I think they're, they're the purpose, uh, of the first half will be to kind of instill that, you know, that running game and kind of break their spirit a little bit. And then they can really start leaning on them in the second half and just kind of control, mm-hmm. control the ball, frankly. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I just, like just thinking about how much this offense has to offer. Like, I just, I don't know what tech could possibly do that would slow us down. Like, for us to lose this game, our offense is going to have to just crap yeah. all over themselves. because It's going to have like, to be some something like te- the Texas game where Kyler has a fumble and then he doesn't see a safety over the middle. It's going to have to be something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to have to be super weird. And, like, their offense is just going to have to be perfect. Like, they're going to have to take advantage of every opportunity that we give them, mm-hmm. um, like Texas did. Yep. Um and that like that's that's the only way we lose this game. If we lose this game, it's going to be in like forty-eight to forty-five fashion. Um, and they played the perfect game, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of I'm talking myself into being more confident in this game. I um, think there's reason to be confident. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I'm. I'm just I like think I'm if, making myself feel pretty good. It's one of those things where if both teams played to their potential, then OU wins by twenty. So, um, yeah, it's just, yeah. A, it's, yeah, it's just, does OU shoot itself in the foot? 
into Texas Tech. You know, it's one of the 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 Lubbock factor is it shouldn't be a factor, but it is. You know, mm-hmm. like you, weird things happen there, and OU's gone down there, and I mean they've had some weird calls. Two thousand five, that was the Go Raiders game for people. Oh yeah, <laughs> who's familiar with that? I mean, there have been some weird things that have happened in in Lubbock, but uh, well, and the one that think, the one that's always going to stick out to me is two thousand seven with uh, Sam Bradford getting right. concussion like that because like OU would have if they win that game OU plays for a national title that year, um, yeah. And so that one's always going to hurt a little bit, but uh, yeah. So barring a, a Kyler Murray injury, so who I'm trying to remember who the backup quarterback was in that game. Joey Halsley. Joey Hall. That's right. Joey Halsley. And he played pretty well. Like he came in and played okay. Like he he had a rough start to it, but he was really good in the second half of that game. Um, I think I want to say I was I had some, like a competition or something that day. I think I was I'm not even sure if I actually watched that live. I, I know I rem- I remember losing, but I don't actually remember watching it. But anyway. Yep. Um, okay. So. Is there anything else offensively that we want to talk about? I think we've kind of covered this from, or no, real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. Do we? Let's all give a a player, you know, that we want to see do well defensively, or a player that we think is important defensively. Um, who needs to play well for us to have a a successful performance defensively this weekend? Um, I will say Robert Barnes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stole it. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I know. Just he. I mean, he is. A, he's a big safety. Um, and if he, he can, you know, if he can produce in this game, you know, provide help over the top on our undersized defensive backs, like right. that'll be really important. That that's one of the things that will win this game. Yeah, and th- well, this is one of the games that I don't think is like tailor made for Robert Barnes because mm-hmm. you know he's shown a lot. In terms of coming up and helping in the run game, yeah, in run these last couple weeks, yeah, and that's and just now not we're going to get that's not going to be the thing. Yeah, we're going to see how he is as a center fielder this week, you know, and that's yeah. that's relatively interesting to me. So, um, if he comes out and plays really well, then I think I think we might have found ourselves a a starting safety moving forward that we can mm-hmm. count on, uh, yeah, which would be awesome because like Barnes has always had the talent; he's just never been able to put it together and stay healthy and. Mm-hmm. Like this kind of game was the kind of game that always worried me. So, mm-hmm. um, Nathan, do you have a guy? Um, I'll go with the easy, easy one. I'm going to say Trey Brown. Uh, Brown. I want to see how he does against TJ Basher, Antoine uh, Wesley. Um, I want to see if he can, you know, stand up to the or hold up against those big uh, wide receivers better than Parnell Motley was able to earlier in the early in the year and uh, maybe even get his first interception of the year. Yeah, he's uh he's been one that's he's dropped one too this year. So maybe he can have they all himself. Yeah. <laughs> um okay so real quick I'm gonna cheat a little bit and I'm gonna say just first of all um, I can't wait to watch Jalen Redden play in this game because I'm yeah. still just in awe <laughs> of him. Uh-huh. Um, I just I cannot believe that he is out there playing meaningful snaps and like looking like a legitimate player already. Uh-huh. Like it just literally it just blows my mind. Like I'm 
just about as impressed by him defensively in what he's doing, considering the circumstances as I am Kyler offensively. Um, <laughs> but like, it's for completely different okay. reasons, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah. like just like I did not think that like this guy wasn't cleared to play until like three weeks ago. Like that's it's yeah. just insane. Yeah, that's yeah, that's uh, hard to. He's basically playing himself. You know, I mean. He, because he wasn't even, I mean, he was working out, but he wasn't, you know, taking contact or anything like that. So he went, you know, two months without really playing, meaning any type of snaps. And now he's being inserted into games and actually making plays. And yeah, yeah. Against and last week was against a pretty, you know, solid offensive line. Not, I mean, not amazing, but they have, you know, Risner's a good player. France is a good player. I mean, they had some good guys. So that was, like you said, it's pretty impressive. Well, and, like, if there was ever a guy that you would kind of give a pass to miss a tackle, it would probably be Jalen Redmond because he wasn't going through contact. And, like, that dude just, when he grabs you, you're done. Like, he doesn't yeah. let go. You yeah. Know, it's incredible to watch. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm still just in awe of, of what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, my guy that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with, I'm going to stay in the secondary, and I'm going to go with Trey Norwood. And that is because I'm just super curious if they're going to throw it his way because yeah, like it just, he never gets tested and I'm, I'm just super interested to see um, if tech doesn't, if they don't, if they don't throw his way, then I'm just, I'm just convinced that he's the best cover quarter ever. So um, <laughs> yeah, because you know, they're just not even looking his way, but um, in like, honestly, that, I mean, those button hook too. passes always seem to be open for against him. So you might yeah. see that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's gonna be on him to to tackle. But deep, you know? yeah, seems to be a seems to yeah. be able to cover fairly well down yeah. the field. So, yep, yeah. Um, I'm gonna cheat as well. Um, here's one: Curtis Bolton. I want to because he's gonna have to be covering. You know, he he's gonna have to be playing zone in the middle of the field a lot of the time. Um, and I'm interested to see him succeed at yeah. that or not. Um, because the re- like that's the reality of this Texas Tech team is that if they are able to do what they want, it's they're going to throw short passes. Um, and if we can take away the middle of the field, then that'd be really nice. I don't know if I don't know if Curtis Bolton will be able to, but it would be nice. Yeah, I mean, this is not a game that's that's made for Curtis Bolton either. Like, I mean, yeah. he's a guy that he's more comfortable, you know, getting physical and. Mm-hmm. Um, coming up and trying to make plays behind the line of scrimmage, and this is just not going to be that kind of game for him. So, yeah, yeah, I'm super interested in, in that as well. Um, okay, so do we want to talk about our offense? Like, I know we've already done it quite a bit, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, which, you know, there's kind of this question we have every game now. It's like, which running back do we feel like is better suited for this matchup? Um. Because, like, I mean, the last week was obviously pretty tailor-made for a guy like Trey Sermon. Um, mm-hmm. He played really well, and that was not that – I mean, Kennedy Brooks was great, too. He only had five carries, but he was great. Um, I think this is probably more of a Kennedy Brooks game. Uh, yeah, I, think, I agree. Yeah. You know, with Tex, Texas Tech being very, you know, very aggressive defensively, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of remind – because, like, remembering the Baylor game, like, that was a terrible matchup for Trey Sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, and granted, our offensive line wasn't blocking the way it is now at that point. But, um, you know, I just Kennedy Brooks, that was kind of one of his first breakout games. You know, he made a couple huge plays in that game. So, mm-hmm. 
Um, I think this is uh, I think this is going to be a night that Kennedy Brooks goes for over 100 pretty easily. Yeah. Um, and hopefully bust another long one because I'm getting I'm I'm really liking that. Yeah. I like when he breaks long runs because it looks it just looks like it's so easy for him and that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Here's the stats for me for why Kennedy Brooks is going to have a good night. The first is um, opportunity rate against the uh, Tech defense, 74th. Um, they, um, on average, 46% of runs have succeeded in gaining five yards, um, which is nuts. Um, well, it's, I mean, it's not nuts, nuts, but, you know, like that's the thing that their defense is bad at is that they you can get line yards against them. And Kennedy Brooks is a player who takes advantage of line yards. And then the other thing is um, their marginal explosiveness. They're 91st against the run in marginal explosiveness. Um, and <laughs> once Kennedy Brooks has his line yards, he goes for the highlight yards. Um, so to me, this is a, the offense will work. Like the offensive concepts will work in the running game, which means that Kennedy Brooks is going to go yard. I like it. I like it. We have the stats, folks. We have the stats. Um, okay, receiver-wise, hopefully, I mean, this is going to be, I mean, really the only thing worth keep noting here is going to be if, if Marquise Brown is healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, are we going to get Marquise Brown? That was going to be my, my player that I was going to mention because I think because they're going to probably emphasize the run game a little bit i think those deep shots are going to be there so is he you know full speed can he take advantage of those that's something to watch because if he can Mm -hmm. then i think we'll see at least maybe once him just blow past the secondary for a deep shot yeah well and they i mean they're they're 87th in passing explosiveness so um definitely a uh a weakness for them defensively um yeah, no, I he, hopefully he's healthy. Um, but the great thing is, if he's not, we still have CD Lamb, and he's quite good mm-hmm. at the at the football. So, um, Grant Calcaterra over the middle could be could play a role coming off. Maybe did you think that was his best game of the season, Nathan? Um, I mean, he hasn't really had a breakout game, I guess. That- <laughs> he only had what three catches four catches not not a bunch two, um, he had two two catches two okay so i mean he didn't have a huge impact but i mean he had hit the touchdown was nice it's wide open but it's nice mm-hmm. I, one thing that i noticed the last couple really is actually multiple times this season it's like he every time he gets hit he like kind of gets up slowly and seems like he's hurt or something i'm still not 100 percent convinced that he's uh recovered because he's kind of banged up earlier in the year and i'm still a little I'm curious how uh, healthy he is, but I thought he played well. Um, he had more touchdowns than Lee Morris, so that's one game. He's on a he's on a hit, <laughs> heating streak. So, um, and that I mean, the news is that the hair is getting grown back out. So I mean, uh, that's also a good decision. To watch. Yeah, that's a good decision is. for him. Um, yeah. And then I, I guess lastly, we've talked about we feel like our offensive line is going to be super successful in this game. There's no reason to think they wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyler Murray, what 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 are we expecting to see from Kyler Murray? Um, like I've said, um, you know, when I talked about Tech's sack rate, they're not going to be able to get pressure on him. So 
whatever Kyler Murray feels like showing us, honestly. I don't know what they're going to do to stop him. I mean, if they can they can sit back and force him to run, but like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. You know, with with slides thrown in, obviously. Yeah, with the slides, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, I was like, that dude is, I think he might be the, like, the coolest guy I've ever <laughs> seen. Like, he's just, like, really cool. Like, they always ask him, and he's like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a tough environment, but, you know, I don't think it's anything I can't handle. You know, it's just always stuff know. like that. You know, and he's like, yeah, I played played them in baseball, too. So, like, they're pretty good at baseball. So, that was kind of yeah. interesting. But, like, yeah, it's like, they'll, they'll, they'll be hostile, but I'm not, I don't think it's anything I can't handle. So, I just, I I love him. So He doesn't have a cool nickname like Corn Dog though. So. Oh, God. <laughs> good Lord. Oh, man. Can you imagine being, you know, of college for the D1 starting quarterback and your nickname is corn. I just, that's terrible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be so embarrassing. Um, corn dog. Wow. Okay. Big one for uh, them though. Big one for your pokes. Yeah. My beloved <laughs> pokes, they, uh, went back to their winning ways. I, I wasn't worried about it. I knew they were going to get the win. No big, no big deal. Um, okay. So I think that, uh, do we want to give all give an offensive player? I mean, I don't really. It's not really as necessary to me to give an offensive player as it was defensively because the reality of the situation is is that we're going to have success offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and it honestly it doesn't really matter who does it. Like it's just going to happen. You know, like mm-hmm. that's the thing. There are so many star players that it's almost like like they don't have a star player. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like the yeah. opposite of yeah. Of, it's not like you can focus on one guy because there's three others that can burn you. So, um, yeah. Are we the Warriors? <laughs> Are we oh, the God. college football yeah. Warriors? Yeah, offensively. Oh, geez. Yeah. I mean, not defensively, but that's no. fine. Yeah. I mean, like Alabama, Alabama's the Warriors in that they're like inevitably going to win. So, I mean, that's true. Know. Yeah. And Alabama's the same way. I look, people, like, I've seen some people kind of like, I don't know. Surprisingly, I've seen some comments where people are trying to downplay how good Alabama is stupid on offense right now. Um, yeah. They have just as much, if I don't want to say if not more, but they have, you know, Najee Harris, uh, Josh Jacobs, um, you know, Irv Smith, the Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. I mean, they have so yeah. many dudes that I can just sit here and just like, tee them off and like run out of fingers you know so yeah they're ridiculous like also put, if you put those guys in our system like i mean they would uh, yeah we would be ridiculous i i think they have more talent than us i'm not gonna yeah lie. i think like, the base amount of talent is probably higher because i think yeah their running backs i were probably more talented i mean Najee harris is the most talented running back out of everybody and then their receivers i don't know if that if they have any as good but they have more of them. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. And, like, think about Jalen Waddell under Lincoln Riley. Like, that dude yeah. is, is – Jalen Waddell is – Yeah, Jalen Waddell is a stud. Um, he's yeah. he's only a true freshman. He's like – I think he I think I've seen grades where he's the highest graded true freshman in the country. So, 
Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's really dumb and I hate it, but like, it's not fair that they learned how to play offense too. It's like, yeah, can't no. you just stay limited on offense and, you know, make even the playing field, but whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so, I mean, that's really all I have. Let's give a, let's give a score prediction and then we can talk about some other stuff. Uh, oof. somebody else go first. All right, Nathan. I'm going to say um, 51 to 35 OU. Okay. Ryan? Uh, I'll say like 56 to 38 OU. Okay. I'm going to go 51 to 37 OU. I think okay. we hold them to some wow, field so goals. After all that, I, the I have the most confidence in the defense. After all of that, didn't see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um, yeah all kind I, of in the same same area. Though. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're all in the ballpark uh, together. Um, yeah, I've definitely made myself more confident as we talk through it because it's just like. If you look at the game, like it, there's no rational reason to think, oh, you wouldn't win. Uh, like the only yeah. way Tech wins, something has is to just go like way wrong. things yeah. happen. Yeah, and you know that's kind of happened the last two years. It's like at a certain point, it's just gotten to where like you can just trust this offense to execute at a at an extremely high level. You know, it's happened yeah. both like what you know, 2016 no, and 17. We- it happened. Can we talk about that briefly? Because the last 2015, also 16 and 17, right around this time of the year, something like has ha- like clicked, and we've just seen the offense just mm-hmm. go supercharged towards through the end of the year. It's like a, it's, I mean, it, this will be if it continues to happen now, it'd be that'd be the fourth straight time. It's like it's a, it's a pattern at that point. It's not just a yeah. fluke. Um, right. So I, I think that's incredibly interesting that right about. As soon as, because it takes some time for the O line to gel, and as soon as that happens, the they just become excellent. Um, yeah. And you know the best office in the country the last two years, and potentially a third year, mm-hmm. and then one of the best, you know, in fifteen as well. So, and that yeah. was with an offensive line that frankly wasn't that good. Yeah. No, it was not. No, not, not at all. Yeah, I think it it has to do with the fact that. You know, it takes the offensive line, you know, probably about half a season to uh, gel together. And then I think it takes a good part of the year to figure out who the most consistent playmakers are going to be. Yeah. Because if you think about 2016, it wasn't until Kansas State that we figured out that Rodney Anderson and Marquise Brown were our, like, best two offensive players. You know, and then, yeah, yeah, like, Jeff was starting (laughs) games, like, midway through the season. Um, yeah. So it took us a bit, like Jeff Mead and Jeff Bidette both, took us a bit to find out like who is actually our most consistent playmakers. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, 2016, um, you know, we, at least we had the running backs kind of settled in. But like, yeah, we I think that really was as that... much the offensive line, because like if you remember yeah. against Texas, they had Josiah St. John, uh, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah. Did you, oh, you said 16. I'm sorry. I did. Uh, yeah, but yeah. it's the same. It's kind of the same deal because they had to begin the to begin the year they had Samia at right tackle and then eventually it became Bobby Evans and 
Right. Um, Alex Dalton was at right guard, and they slid some EA in. So there, and Cody Ford got hurt. So there's some shifting. There's some shifting going on. And once they kind of once Ben Powers really started to emerge, um, you you really started to see some you know continuity and some uh, some level of uh, cohesiveness as the season progressed. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, and, you know, that year also, like, we didn't really know that D.D. Westbrook was the best receiver in the country until uh, yeah. four or five games <laughs> That's in. That's yeah. true. You know, he went on that ridiculous run of, of success, you know, catching every, like, just bomb after bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then, like, 2015, like, we had every reason to take time because, like, it was Lincoln's first year. It was Baker's mm-hmm. first year. Our offensive line was terrible. Um, like pretty much all we had going for us that year is that we had some Samaj P. Ryan, Joe Mixon, and we had Sterling Shepard. Like that yeah. was really what we had that year. Um, yeah, that Tennessee so, yeah. game was rough until the last eight minutes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, though, our, our offensive line couldn't block them for pretty no, much the entire game. And, and then whenever Baker would have a throw and, you know, Jarvis Baxter would drop it or, you know, Duran Neal would drop it or some, you know, even whenever there was a play to be had, we just they just wouldn't execute yeah. it. So yeah, do I don't remember like, what his stat line was, but it was like thirteen for thirty-one or some terrible number. So yeah, it was real bad. Like okay, I think about like Deron Neal was one of our most like talented receivers back in that era, and like he was a multi-year mm-hmm. starter. Uh-huh. Like, does that dude even get on the field for us now? <laughs> uh. Mm- no, I, I think he'd probably play about as much as A.D. Miller plays. I mean, yeah. and A.D. Yeah. Miller technically started last week, but he once the last game he had, you know, a catch whenever the, all the starters are out. You know, last week he had right. a catch, but there's whenever the backups are in. It's been yeah. you know, a month since he had a meaningful catch. So, yeah, I think like, he'd be in the bottom part of the rotation. Yeah, like, and he was a multi-year starter for us, like a guy that we relied on heavily. You know, like yeah. If you remember the that talent is so unbelievable now. If you remember that year, Jarvis Baxter showed up at fall camp and was a starter at game one. Yeah, just he walked on <laughs> like that's how Lady got there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, sh- showed up in the fall, um, walked on as a JUCO, started game one. Yeah, no, it, it's unbelievable that like how far we've come in such a short amount of time, and now we're starting to get the five star receivers. So. Yeah, that's the thing that things are good. I don't think I don't know if people appreciate nationally as much is the talent on offense, just the base talent level is only going to be improving the next few years. Our offensive line has good talent, but if you just look at like star rankings, which you can take or leave, but it's usually a fairly decent baseline. Uh-huh. I mean, they're still starting like Ben Powers was a three star guy who really didn't have much attention out of JUCO. Uh you know, Orlando was a three-star. I mean, that was more for grades. But, you know, there's just all this stuff that – and their receivers were kind of late guys or, you know, were solid four-stars but weren't like Theo East on Rivals is the number two player in the country overall. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there has, there's no one like that level on the t- on offense. So um, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of hard to believe. But then if you – I mean, it's only natural to – think about what that level of uh, ability can do and Lincoln Riley's with everything that Lincoln Riley is able to, you know, get out of the offense. And then if you add in someone like Spencer Rattler, uh, the offensive line talent that Beatonbo has been accruing the last few years, it's just, it's pretty exciting. 
Um, next year, they're going to be really young and really inexperienced, but the talent will be the best, uh, at least on paper, um, really since Lincoln's been here. Well, yeah, and that's one of the things that Lincoln talked about going into this year was like, yeah, we're we're pretty we're inexperienced in some areas, but I think this is the most talented team we've had since I've been here. And he's going to be able to say the exact same thing next year, you know. And like, he probably will be able to say the exact same thing in twenty. Also, I think twenty is the first year that basically will will have been it'll have been four straight years potentially of top 10 recruiting classes. I mean, that's whenever the whole program will be at that level and we won't have kind of the hangers on of their previous regime. So, I mean, as you start keep continuously infusing that talent and then 20, they'll actually have experience to go with it. So, I mean, it's a bright future now, whether Lincoln, I mean, there's all the rumors flying around about if Lincoln's going to leave, I don't expect him to, but, um, you just, I just, you just really hope to see, you know, him see him at still at OU to kind of reap those rewards because it's, I mean, he's the best offensive coordinator in the country, and you know now he'll actually have some of the best offensive talent to, to kind of go with that scheme. He already does, but you know, if you wanted to take recruiting rankings into it, that's something to think about as well because Alabama has that level of offensive talent on paper. And they're able to do what they're doing now. Just put now, take that talent and put it with Lincoln Riley. I mean, they're already the best offense in the country. What is it going to look like then? So I don't know how it could get better, but you know, so I'm, I'm willing to see it. <laughs> what, yeah. One of the things that we talked about last night on our podcast, um, and I'm interested in your take, uh, Nathan. Uh, we talked about how there's been a lot of true freshmen this year have a lot of success at quarterback um, just across the country. You know, you look at Alan Bowman, who we're playing this week, and then yeah. obviously no no better example of that than Brock Purdy. Um, <laughs> shout out to Brock Purdy. Um, You're really, proud of, really proud of my younger brother, Brock Purdy. Ah. He's killing it at Iowa State. Um, but, yeah, so my question yeah, in that regard is, you know, Spencer Rattler coming in as a five-star quarterback. Um, also, earlier, I think I said we have two five-stars committed, and we definitely have three, but sorry. Um, yeah, don't forget Trajan Bridges. Yeah, Trajan. Well, I was th- I literally had forgotten about Spencer Rattler, and that was the one I had left <laughs> thinking of. I was thinking about the receivers, and I forgot about Spencer Rattler. Um, but, yeah, Spencer Rattler coming in as a five-star, and we obviously uh, were big fans on this, on this podcast. Um, do you think – a that we can get Brock Purdy level um, play from Spencer Rattler as a true freshman, um, given that he's not coming in as as in the spring. Um, and I'm not like this is just if in a world that he wins the job, um, can we get Brock Purdy play? And my next question would be, how good is a Lincoln Riley offense at Oklahoma with a Brock Purdy caliber quarterback? Um, you cut out there a little bit on me, but I'm just going to kind of sum- summarize my thoughts on what I think Rattler can do. Um, I, I actually don't know if Purdy was an early enrollee or not. Um, I don't think that's, you know, I don't think it's a definitive thing. If you're not in an early enrollee, you can't succeed. I'm sure there are examples in the past of true freshmen that have come in 
at quarterback and have played and played well um, that weren't early enrollees, though I can't think of any off the top of my head. But um, I think it's really – I think there's the potential for him to come in and play well. The thing about Rattler that I'm a little concerned about, and I, it's not a long-term concern, it's just a concern about um, immediate uh, – how, how ready is he immediately – is he's very thin. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of weight to him. He kind of looks like a basketball player. So I'm just kind of concerned if he would be able to withstand the season. Um, but I think arm talent, I think he's there. Um, how quickly can he grasp the system? I don't know. That's a that's a question that's almost impossible to answer until he gets on campus. Um, mm-hmm. But I think... He would be, and I'm actually just looked this up. Brock Purdy was not an early enrollee in the article I'm reading right now, so I think he could definitely replicate that if he ends up playing. Um, I I would hesitate to say that he'd be better, just because I think his supporting cast would be better. He would have a pretty, he would have a junior offensive line, but a, a, a talented offensive line. He'd have three running backs that I feel pretty comfortable in. Um, so I think he could he could have a Pretty, you know, I don't know if he's Trevor Lawrence because I think Trevor Lawrence has more uh, offensive line continuity. I mean, he's got a four-year left starter at left tackle. He's got a few things that Spencer Rattler wouldn't have, but um, and he's also, you know, just bigger and more physically developed. But um, I, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is a freak, man. Yeah, he's. I mean, and he was also able to enroll early, but um, I think Rattler could. I think it'd be one of those things that if he were to start, like let's say at the beginning of the year, Austin Kendall starts, plays well, but Lincoln thinks it could be a lot better. And then Rattler were to start, you know, around game four, I think by like game eight or nine, we'd really start to see him kind of settle in and uh, start playing pretty well. So it's one of those things where, it seems like high school quarterbacks with all the stuff they have to do outside of just the season, all the camps, all the, you know, all the all-star games and all the just quarterback guru kind of stuff that goes on. They're just more mentally prepared and more able to make that jump quicker. Um, So I think Rattler, I don't don't see any reason that he wouldn't be able to do that. I mean, he's got a lot of time to study the playbook now. So (laughs) he's, I don't know. I'm kind of rambling here, but I think he could have a, a pretty good uh, freshman season if he were pressed into playing time. I'm not convinced that he will, just because, honestly, I kind of have a hunt. I just kind of feel like Mordecai might be kind of a dark horse in that race. But um, Yeah, I think uh, yeah. yeah, Tanner Mordecai has thrown two incompletions this year, and I think both of them were drops. They were. Um, and, like, every pass that's come out of his – his hand has looked incredible. Like he just yeah, the ball pops out of his hand. I yeah. didn't. I don't remember seeing that, and I remember liking him in high school, but I don't remember it. I don't remember the ball looking like that uh, in high school. So I think. I mean, I think. I remember whenever Lincoln offered him, and I was kind of wishy washy on it. I think I, at the time I was really enamored by Adrian Martinez because OU was still recruiting Adrian Martinez, or maybe had just gotten. Uh, Adrian Martinez might have just picked Tennessee and maybe I was in morning stage a little bit at the time. So, <laughs> so which first of all, can we just talk about how Adrian Martinez wanted to play for Butch Jones? Yeah. Mm, not, not the smartest guy, but yeah. Smart. Um, but anyway, I think 
Riley may have uh, gotten a bit of a steal, but we'll see. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I don't expect Spencer Rattler to start. I mean, Austin Kendall is a guy that's been in the system for a long time, and Lincoln Riley clearly likes him a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, any chance Lincoln Riley had to give Austin Kendall a lot of praise, he did. And like, I, I talked about yesterday how like props to Lincoln for being able to sell that as a true position battle. And that was part mm-hmm. of that. Like he had to praise Austin Kendall. Uh, right. But right. I think I do think uh, he really, really likes him. Like, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, my, yeah, I just, I had some concerns with really Austin Kendall's arm more than anything. Um, mm-hmm. Cause like the ball pops out of Tanner Mordecai's hands and it just doesn't out of Austin Kendall's hands. Like, yeah, I, I, there's just something kind of missing there to me, but um yeah i don't know i'm we talked we've talked way longer about this than i thought we would but um you know, oh i could exciting talk about ahead. this all day oh person yeah, 100%. personnel is like, like the uh i don't know that's the that's the part that i can kind of geek out a bit <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean <laughs> yeah nathan sends me a new depth chart for like 2019 pretty much every week so um <laughs> I'm used to oh, okay. it. Okay, maybe so, not and weekly, but bi- let's I, say bi- it's, weekly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I say that, and I do the same thing, and I have them in my notes like all the time on my phone. So like, I'm not, I'm no better in this situation. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, so that that's the Spencer Rattler uh, thing. I mean, I guess did we talk about? Yeah, we talked yesterday about how he got kicked out of out of office football team. So yeah. Um, the, the future's exciting. Uh, still want to know what he did. I know it's none of my business, but I still want to know what he did. <laughs> just yeah, because, yeah. you know, he got well, something that was that out of the blue with that severity. I just want, I, I'm just really intrigued by what could cause that. So, well, okay. That, that's a reason to listen to yesterday's podcast because Ryan's oh, theories. Yeah. I talk theories about the two rumors I've heard, neither yep, of which okay. is really that interesting or exciting. But no. Well, you, Boyle. <laughs> loyal podcast listener make sure you check out that episode because i certainly yeah. will be <laughs> as well because i want to know the scoop so mm-hmm. um yes ryan, ryan maxi inside uh scooper for the uh yeah. the football i'm a real program. scooper with my trolling of reddit comments for things random people <laughs> I, I think uh, if people have made it an hour plus into this podcast they're probably listening to the other one also but just in case make sure you yeah. check it out <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, um, I can't. I literally cannot remember where we were gonna go after this. Maybe uh, it's a. Maybe we should call it then. Uh, we well, we were gonna talk about oh, a defensive coordinator. We could oh, do that. And then right, call right, right. Well, and I, there's a couple games that we need to talk about this weekend, and that was exactly where we're going. Duh. Um, okay, so we have a defensive coordinator and loyal listener who is expecting one of those in our last podcast uh we totally forgot to do it um so that's on that's on me i apologize but we're gonna come at you with with one tonight uh, we're gonna go co- we're gonna go with pete golding um co-defensive coordinator and inside linebackers coach at the University of Alabama. Maybe, maybe you've heard of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, and previously at 
UTSA before this year, um, in which he had some pretty impressive results down there defensively. Um, I got to say, I mean, that's really the, the main thing that sticks out is that you've got a guy that produced some really good defenses at UTSA. Like that just in itself is pretty impressive. Um, and then he was able to kind of use that and take a stepping stone job up to Alabama as their co-defensive coordinator. Like Nick Saban saw what he was doing at UTSA and was like, hey, I want that guy, you know, to me. So that's that's really my biggest draw to Pete Golding as a as a candidate for this job. Yeah, so the thing about Pete Golding is he started in 2015 was his first year, I believe, at UTSA, and they were in the 100s in S&P Plus, and by the time he finished, they were hovering around 20. So that's some pretty quick and pretty substantial improvement. And um, the, also another thing is you, you mentioned he was wanted by Nick Saban, and obviously with if you're going to coach for Nick Saban, you better recruit your ass off. Um, he also at UTSA, his head coach was Frank Wilson, who for years was uh, an elite recruiter on LSU staff. So I would assume that he would have the same expectations at UTSA for his uh, staff, the people on his staff. So um, I think he he understands probably uh, how to recruit at a high level. Uh, he's a fairly young guy. I think he's around the same age as Lincoln, uh, which I think would be kind of a interesting dynamic having two guys in your 30s is kind of the the faces of both your offense and your defense um you don't see that a whole yeah. lot um at, in major college football and then then you add in you know the ability to to coach linebackers which if we're going to move forward with our stat with the kind of assumed staff next year would probably be the logical place to uh have turnover with uh, tim kish potentially and um, you know he was able to get a lot of improvement out of his players at UTSA. I don't know. There's a lot of things that seem to make sense. I, the only real concern would be he's never called called a defense at you know a P5 level. So mm-hmm. there might be some growing pains there. Um, he also his his hair. I have to say it. His, his hair head, is a mess. Headshot. It's it's a it's it's you got to clean that up, Pete. But that's okay. <laughs> we can live with that. Yeah. So well, it offs. That's it offsets yeah. Lincoln's hair situation yeah. really nicely. Yeah, Lincoln Lincoln's not gonna have any hair in like five years. Like that's guaranteed. Um yeah. so you know, you talked about the benefit of, of him kind of fitting in nicely um to to our current defensive staff, um, if we want to keep things intact, because I think both of the guys we talked about before were both secondary guys. So that mm-hmm. would kind of, yeah. I don't know. They're if both would, safety coaches in particular. Yeah, they're, Heacock they're both and, safety uh, coaches. And, mm-hmm. you know, unless, Rich. you know, maybe, maybe Kerry Cooks would be totally down with just being like a cornerbacks coach and, you know, kind of calling it a day there. But, um, you know, if he's not, then that that's going to create an issue right there. And you might yeah. wind up losing a guy like Kerry Cooks who, um, you know, I don't know about his results on the field, but he's, done a pretty good job of recruiting corners since he's been here. Like, you know, the talent has improved at that position. Um, so that, I mean, that's a, an added benefit for, for Pete. And I know um, everybody knows how we feel about Tim Kish. Um, yeah. That's and, hardly a secret. 
Yeah, this would effectively kind of end Tim Kish's time at OU, presumably. Um, so in that, I mean, to me, that's a huge positive. Yeah. Because, I mean, we need we need to get to where we are, like consistently recruiting elite linebackers. Like it just needs to happen because if you look at where OU is, there they need they have to have elite players at that position because of the diversity of offenses that they're going to have to face if they want to win national championships. Yeah. Like it takes a special kind of linebacker to be able to compete week in and week out in the big 12 and then turn around and not be out of place in a game against yeah. Georgia, you know, they so need like, several Kenneth Murray's. So yeah, we need the elite of the elite at that position. And if there's one thing that Tim Kish has proven at OU, it's that he's not going to get, multiple of those guys he's basically he's going to rely on other guys to get guys for him first of all we're just being honest um and then he's not going to carry his weight um recruiting wise so um that's kind of my biggest draw to Pete golding is just you know first the success he's had at utsa and the fact that if you look at his coaching career um i mean i'm not going to say that he's the lincoln riley of defense but um you know, I think that there are, are some similarities in the, the way he has risen through the coaching ranks mm-hmm. um, has been pretty impressive. Um, you know, if you consider, you know, his coaching career didn't start that long ago and he's already co-defensive coordinator at Alabama, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I, do we have anything else to say about Pete Golding then? Um, I think. No, I think I would probably – I still favor uh, Heacock. Is it Mike mm. Heacock, I think? Or is it – John Heacock. John Heacock, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, John – I think Heacock is probably still my favorite candidate. Um, but I think I think Pete Golding I would probably have uh, above Alex Grinch on my mm. wish list. I mean, I still like Alex Grinch and I don't have against him. But I think I, I'd prefer Pete Golding. I see a more natural fit there. And I also mm. think he's a more realistic candidate, which is yeah, helpful. Right. Um, Nathan, um, we haven't had we haven't talked to you about any of this. Um, do you have a, a preferred uh, candidate? Just like if you're in your dream scenario, who you would get? Like from a realistic standpoint. <laughs> I was going to say in my dream scenario. Okay, um, but uh, if we're talking realistic, I think I actually don't think Grinch is that realistic. Um, right, right. The only way that happens is if there's some type of turmoil at Ohio State, or um, he's he becomes disenfranchised with Urban, or I, I think that would take some help. Um, I mean, it could happen, and I could, you know, I could be completely wrong, but I just I'm not convinced that that's something that is you know entirely realistic. I actually I don't really believe that. OU is looking at Heacock, I'd really like them to, but I don't know if they are um, because I'm not sure if he fits the recruiting profile that Lincoln probably wants, but I just really like how he defends Big 12 offenses, honestly. I I think he's what he's done at Iowa State is just really, really impressive to me, and I think I mean, he's proven that he can Alex, you brought something up uh, maybe last week or the week before where it's a lot like uh, Bob hiring Michael, Mike Leach from Kentucky whenever he came to Oklahoma because he had trouble stopping him uh, whenever he was at Florida. That, to me, makes a ton of sense. Go find the defenses that give you the most fits because if they're giving Oklahoma fits on defense, then, I mean, 
they're going to give everybody fits. So um, I think that Peacock would make a ton of sense. I don't know if they're going to look at him. I don't know if uh, he would leave. Um, he probably feels some level, measure of loyalty to Matt Campbell. Um, and then, I mean, Matt Campbell might get poached for, you know, a, a Big Ten job this, this offseason, and he goes with him there. I don't know. But um, I think Heacock would be my preference. But I, I am completely fine with Pete Golding because he played a kind of a 4-2-5 at UTSA. He's in the 3-4 now at Bama, so he has experience with both. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a natural fit. Uh, he, he coached secondary at UTSA, but he's coaching linebackers now, so he covers both those as well. Uh, he has flexibility there. He's a young guy. He's, he has a lot of experience with uh, recruiting, you know, demanding recruiting head coaches. He understands, you know, the the emphasis that gets placed on that, um, which makes a lot of sense. I think he checks a lot of boxes, and I think he's probably the most natural, like you said, fit for what uh, Lincoln is probably wanting. I just – Heacock has proven to me that he can do what I want him to do already. So uh, – I think he would be my initial preference, and he's—I know we always talk about, oh, he's almost sixty. I'm not worried about that. Give—I want—I'm looking at a five-year window here, so uh, <laughs> because I'm—I'm I'm, after that, I don't know if Lincoln will ever be at OU. So can he win in the next five years and make OU, you know, at that national title level of defense in the next five years? And I think he could. So that's where I would go if I was Lincoln. Yeah. Okay. I think. Yeah. Okay. I like it. You know, every now and then when I make a point and afterwards I'll kind of be like, oh, that was a good point. Um, and that uh, the Mike Leach, uh, John Heacock comparison, that was like one of my favorite ones I've ever made. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was like, it was a good one. Yeah. Um, okay. So Pete Golding is this week's um, defensive coordinator um, candidate. Um, I think he makes a ton of sense. And he's a guy that, it would be kind of interesting because um, I I assume OU is going to want to uh, have this thing sewed up in December. Um, yeah. Like they're going to want to get their guy pretty much probably I think like after the conference week, championship week. Yeah, the, that week after that, I think it'll all go down quickly. Mm-hmm. It would um, be really interesting if OU had to play Alabama in the playoff and they were hiring Golding. That would be just an incredibly interesting dynamic. <laughs> we'll we'll tackle that if that actually happens. Yeah. Well, and that makes, like, think about how awkward it would be if, like, they play Iowa State in the Big 12 title game and then they turn around and hire John Heacock. Like, that'd be kind of oh, yeah. weird. That'd... Yeah. Um, Especially if OU just roasted them. Can you imagine what the reaction would be on, like, message boards if <laughs> they hire the guy that their offense just put up, like, 50 on? But yeah, anyway, that'd be that'd be that'd be that's a good point, man. That would be uh, that'd be an interesting day on the message boards. That's for sure. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so let's move in. Um, last little thing we're going to talk about is this is a, a pretty big week in college football, um, particularly if you're looking at it through the lens of OU's playoff hopes, um, because OU obviously does need help. Um, in terms of getting into the playoff. Um, so I'm just going to run through a couple games and, you know, we can talk about who we think is going to win. Then we can obviously talk about who we need or should want to win. 
Um, and really, I mean, it all starts biggest game of the weekend, Alabama LSU. Um, I think we all agree. You know, we've talked very highly of Alabama on this podcast. Um, I think we could all agree that Alabama is probably going to win that game pretty comfortably, right? Yes. Yeah, I think by the end they will. I'm not convinced that they're going to just, you know, bury LSU in the first half, but I think in the second half they'll pull away. But I, I was, like we said, maybe before the show started, I, I think I think that first half is going to just be two, you know, like two hammers just hitting each other, you know, defensively. Um, and then Alabama is just going to, two is just probably too good, and Joe Burrow is not, and that'll be the difference. But um, I, I think that, I think just from a talent standpoint, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It'll definitely be more uh, offensively, uh, it'll be more offense than the 9-6 to six game like 10 years ago. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I always think about Alabama LSU games, like in their heyday. Um, mm-hmm. There will actually be some offensive, you know, firepower, at least on one side of the field. Yeah, I think it'd be. I think if LSU plays like they played against Georgia, though, it'd be. It'll be a really fun game, and I'm a little disappointed that OU has a night game, and we, I won't be able to watch it live. Yeah, I think that's definitely going to be one I have on the uh, the iPad sitting next oh. to the. You know, next to me while I watch the OU game on TV. Um, but yeah, I, I just I don't know how LSU's going to score. Like Alabama's not as good defensively as they were a couple years ago. Um, mm-hmm. Their offense is definitely the strongest part of their team, um, but they're still Alabama. They still have Nick Saban. They have they a really have, good defensive line. Their secondary's yeah, a little suspect. I mean, they're not suspect. They're Alabama's version of suspect, which means they're like top twenty-five instead of you know top five. So right, exactly. Yeah. So, but like yeah, Quentin I mean, Williams, Isaiah Bug, like those dudes are monsters. So. They're a little more um, susceptible to giving up some yards on the ground than they have been. Um, I will say, like, yeah, yeah they they're not like, up there, but they're not. They like, don't have the Duran painting run stuff. No, they yeah. don't. They're more yeah. like Quentin Williams. Like I've seen comparisons, which I kind of like. Like he's more like Gerald McCoy than he is like uh, Duran Payne, where he's you know he just clogs the middle. He can get mm-hmm. sacks, but he's not so much you know just, like you said stuffing the run. So right. Yeah. But I don't think LSU's I think LSU's offensive line is good, but they're not great. So I like that Brumfield, their guard, he's he's mm-hmm. really good. But, uh, anyway. Um okay, cool. So I mean the next game that's really worth talking about, um just going down the rankings, um Notre Dame versus Northwestern. And you know, on paper, not the most intriguing matchup in the world, but I think you have to look at how Northwestern is playing at this point in the season. Um, they've won four games in a row, and in that four games, they beat Michigan State and Wisconsin. Um, yeah. So they're playing pretty high-level football, um, and they get Notre Dame at home this week, and that's another game that's going to be going on during the OU game. So that's going to be – I'm going to have to have three or two – yeah, three screens going um, to, to keep an eye on that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what they say about night games in Evanston? Yeah, that's right. They don't. They don't. No, <laughs> not, nothing. <laughs> they say, damn, it's cold. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no, this – I mean, this is a game that Northwestern could win. And, like, if nothing else, like, if OU wins and Northwestern beats Notre Dame, if nothing else, you know, if everybody else wins that 
is supposed to like then this was an incredibly successful weekend for OU because yeah. at that point like it's the the path to the playoff is just there like just went out and you're probably it who do you think is more likely to beat Notre Dame if you had to pick Syracuse or or Northwestern is it it's at Syracuse is at Syracuse Bend, is at, right? yeah Syracuse is in South Bend yeah, I think it's I'll Northwestern go. yeah I agree you know, going on the I road. Think Syracuse, like, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think Syracuse is a better team. I, I think Northwestern yeah. has been kind of fluky, but uh-huh. having to play, I think having to play in South Bend, I feel a little bit more comfortable with Northwestern potentially pulling an upset. Yeah, but I think that's... both of those are, you know, just huge, like definite upset alert kind of games. You know, um, Clayton Thorson's one of those quarterbacks. So it's like he's one of the He's not Alex Hornibrook because I'm I'm very confident that Alex Hornibrook is bad, but he's like one of those quarterbacks that I can never quite decide if he's good or bad. You know, he's always kind of in like murky area. So mm-hmm. if he could be if he could be good, Clayton Thorson this weekend, that'd be that'd be excellent. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna pick the upset there. I think Northwestern gets it done for us. Go Cats. Um, I don't I don't think Notre Dame's good. I've said this all year. I do not think Notre Dame is good at football. Um, I think their defense is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Their defense is fine. Um, Ian Book overrated. Like he, Ian Book's best quality is that he's not Brandon Winbush. Um, so yeah, <laughs> no. Notre Dame. Notre Dame goes down this weekend in in Evanston. Um, so there we go. I said it. I made the pick. Um, next game uh, that really plays a big role, um, Penn State, Michigan. Um, this is at Michigan. Um, I have no real expectation that Penn State's going to actually win this game, um, but I'm definitely—I mean, I'm definitely going to watch it with huge interest. Um, this game comes on at two forty-five. Oh, I guess that's the normal slot. What am I thinking? Um, Penn State. Penn State gave them kind of fits last year, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. they're one of those, they're again, they're one of those teams where they're a lot like Texas where they basically play to their level of competition. Mm-hmm. And so they're kind of, I can never tell what, what team you're going to get. I think they could beat Michigan, but I certainly wouldn't pick it. Um, especially because yeah. I, I know that, uh, their quarterback got kind of hobbled a little bit last week. He ended up being, a, you know, playing through it, but. I'm not, I'm not completely confident that he's 100% healthy, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to watch. I kind of think Michigan will smother him, but right. maybe not. Yeah, maybe Trace McSorley can can do some stuff. I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I I don't think Michigan's going to, like, put 40 on him and blow him out, but, like, I could see <laughs> them winning, like, 27 to 14 and it feeling like they just dominated yeah. the game. You know, I don't so. think Michigan's going to be dropping 40 on hardly anybody, but no, no, they're not. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's, I mean, another big one. It would be really great if Penn State could go ahead and pull that off. Um, and then um, this one doesn't play a huge role in terms of OU, but it's a big matchup because it's, first of all, it's a nice matchup because it's number six, Georgia versus number nine, Kentucky. Um, so nice. Um, and then, you know, it's two top ten teams. Like it doesn't really matter that much because Alabama presumably will would take out either one of these teams no matter what. Um, but how do we feel about how this game is going to go? 
um, I think George is going to kill him, honestly. But by kill, I think, you know, like 20 points maybe. I, I don't really – I think Kentucky has a really good defense and a really, really average to below average offense. So I just don't – I think George is going to – you know, it might be you know a touchdown at halftime, and then they're just going to wear wear Kentucky down because I'm I'm not sure Kentucky's going to be able to move the ball effectively. Um, it might look a little bit like how it looked last week against Florida. Well. Okay. Long pause. Yeah. Alex, are you there? Oh, shoot. I did the mute thing. Oh. Dang it. Went more. Cool. I did the mute thing. My bad. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Kentucky is not – they're not even close to the talent level of, of Georgia. And, you know, they should not have beaten Missouri last week. No, they should not have. They're coming off of – Beating Missouri fifteen to fourteen, beating Vanderbilt fourteen to seven, mm-hmm. and losing to A and M twenty to fourteen. Like they're not, they're not very good. Yeah, they're, I mean, no. you know, props. They're to extremely them limited. Losing one game. They're extremely limited on offense, and basically they just have to hope their defense can hold you. And yeah. against against a very good defense in Georgia, which you know they're not maybe as good as they were last year, but they're still pretty damn good. Um, I just don't see Kentucky able to being able to muster more than fourteen or maybe seventeen points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I had, I mean, I knew that Kentucky's offense was like bad. I hadn't actually looked at the statistics. They're 109th in S and P plus in offense. Shout out to Terry cool. Wilson, like the- Dell City boy. Yeah, uh, no, that yep. that's like my favorite thing about them is that Terry Wilson's their starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't even seen the kind of. I'm assuming his numbers are not stellar. Five, <laughs> six interceptions. Yeah. Um, they basically go as Benny Snell goes, but yeah, yeah, not great. QB rating of one twenty two point five. Can you imagine have a quarter having a quarterback with that kind of? Our quarterback literally is over a hundred points better than that on the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. what, what was what was Trevor Knight's score in 2014? Because I remember that. Ooh, so. That's a good one. That's <laughs> yeah. a good one. Uh, I need to check that one. Yeah, well, that's that's the listener homework. Do we have anything else to yeah. talk about? Uh, who's going to win West Virginia, Texas? That's it. Uh, West Virginia by probably a significant margin, even though I would prefer Texas to win. I think that that... Yeah. Because I, I, mean, really, probably I, I do really want to... Texas. Yeah. I'm picking yeah. Texas just because, I don't know, let's call it a hunch. I'm going to go Texas. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Knight's... Trevor Knight's quarterback rating in 2014 was 124.8. So oh, okay. that's what yeah. it that's what it looks like. Okay. Okay. He was there oh, jeez. That's indelibly stamped into my brain. So uh, yeah. unfortunately, I do know what that looks like. Yep. Good Lord, Cody. Cody Thomas's was 86.9. No. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, he, oh, he was God. horrendous. The time before the last time we were in. Oh, you went to Lubbock. It's basically just Samaj P. Ryan right and Samaj P. Ryan left. <laughs> yep. That was the whole yep. offense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. I think that's a good place to end it. All right. Thanks for listening to the Oklahoma Drill. 
Um, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, um, the Google Play Store, or on Podbean. Follow us on Twitter at Alex P. Purdy and at Alec, or at RW Maxi. Nathan's Twitter is on private. Um, and if you've enjoyed the podcast, you can um, leave a review or share it with a friend. Um, and we'll see you after the games this weekend.